really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, results, great interviews, and just so much more, all about the world of rugby union. As always, I'm David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows probably way too much rugby, but today we're not here to look at fixtures and results. We are instead having a lovely chat with one of the original fan favorites among my beloved Free Jacks, the man behind the mullet, the incredible, the incomparable, Kyle Shikwera. Young sir, thank you for joining the Scrum of the Earth tonight. How are things with the Eagle? Yeah, everything's good. Thanks you for having me. Um, big fan of the podcast and uh, can't wait. Well, I am beyond pleased to have you here this evening. Thank you for joining me. My first question is always to make sure I'm okay addressing you the right way. Am I okay to call you Kyle? Yeah, all good. All awesome. good. So uh, for the listeners out there, we had planned to have this little chat yesterday originally, but you actually ended up having a, a, a team event of some sort for the Free Jacks. Can you tell us about that? Or is it secret? Uh, is it a, a, a dinner, a fundraiser, a combination? Was, was beer involved in any way? Uh, yeah, it's our, uh, it's our bye week this week. So uh, we just decided to get the team to come together, uh, have a couple of beers, and uh, just get amongst each other. Because we, we really haven't had a lot of time to – to hang out as a group all together. So it was actually really good just to get that camaraderie build for the, the new boys and for the old guys as well. So did, did you, you know, rent a location? Was this at the new facility? Was this at Mag's farmhouse? Uh, yeah, this is at the, um, just one of the bars near uh, one of the houses that we live at. We just rented one of the floors in there called mm. the, at the Banshee, the Banshee nice. Orchestra. <laughs> that must have been an awesome time I, I, I noticed i haven't seen any pictures today but that's probably for a reason <laughs> yeah, probably, probably for the best <laughs> so there was one actually there was one other time when we had to reschedule but that time it was because you were working now most people would assume rugby players at your level don't have second jobs these days are you just the type of person who just wants to be busy and craves a challenge uh, LinkedIn seems to think you're a national account manager for a firm in Grafton. Is that right? Yes, I did that right. Coming in right out of college, I worked for my aunt, uncle, and they own a recruiting firm. Oh. And that was my uh, job title there. I haven't really updated my LinkedIn. But they still <laughs> they still use part of it. Um, so that's what they use that for. Um, but yeah, just like picking up hours wherever I can, really. Um, I had a lot of like interesting jobs since I started playing rugby in the off seasons and stuff like worked on an oyster boat for a summer. Where? Uh, in, in Wickford. In huh. Wickford around. Yeah. Wow. Never been on a boat before. Like worked on a boat before. It was an unreal experience. Like learned how to do all this stuff. Um, well, the obvious question is, do you now love oysters or are you like no more oysters? No, nah, I love oysters now. And it's just like, <laughs> No, it was really cool. The whole experience was cool. And then um, this past off season, like I worked at a farm. Um, also another interesting experience. <laughs> Just do whatever anybody tells you to do. Um, Get up yeah. early, stay late. But I like to, I like, um, I just like trying everything out, you know, like you never know at the end what you want to do. Mm. Um, and I have, a, I have a finance degree. So like, might as well try something now, and then I could always fall back on doing the other stuff later. Well, your, your finance degree obviously read, led you directly to the oyster boat and the farm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm trying to remember the, the first time I actually saw you play. I, I saw you make a couple of appearances for the very early Free Jacks during that Kara Cup. Can you tell us what that was like, how, what your memories are of that, hmm. that tournament? Yeah, uh, so Kara Cup was the Free Jacks, like – inaugural season so we had like a couple guys that we picked for the MOR but a couple most of the guys were actually local guys uh, from around New England. Um, was, it, was there also apart from the Irish teams was there also a friendly against like a hodgepodge team called the Independents, like the Wolfhounds and uh, I thought it was a mix of clubs or did I just imagine this whole thing? I, the first year we played the four Irish teams and then we played Lansdowne 
Um, that was it. They did a tour, um, and we played them. And then the, the following year, before we started our season, they we did uh, two games against the Independents. Right. And they were freezing cold, like five degrees. <laughs> we played outside. It was literally five degrees. So windy. <laughs> worst, probably the worst type of rugby game I've ever had to play. Like, at, like. But our fans, it was crazy because our fans probably had about 300 people there. And it was still, it felt electric, but. I was one of them. That, that, that's what led me to le- uh, buy my first uh, Free Jacks wool cap, too, because it was <laughs> damn freezing. <laughs> Uh, so me and a few of the other fans, uh, we've been dying for another Kara Cup style tournament. Is there any hope of that? I mean, it's probably not in, it's not a decision that you're going to be the one to make, but, uh, we would love that. I think it'd be cool. Um, if we can start building more of our like academy type thing, I think that's when we'll start to see it potentially come back. Mm. Um, but yeah, until we can actually build and field a, a competitive academy side of it. We, I think it's just going to take a time. It's a time thing. I could see it happening in like maybe three or four years, you know? Like mm. it's going to be just like a, a build though. Hold, hold on a second. Marking that down. It's a definite. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just got to email Mags and let him know it's a, it's a done deal. <laughs> he would so, like that. Up until that, uh, up until the Kara Cup, you had in fact been playing for the Wolfhounds, uh, the Irish Wolfhounds. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah. Um, so I went to college um, at St. Bonaventure. Um, and then I actually got picked up right out of college. So I, had, I was playing in high school. I played for the Wolfhounds, uh, like under 19 team. Um, and then I really didn't play around in, in Boston until I came back for the Free Jacks. Um, so during actually during the Care Cup, I was actually just um, – flying in for some of the games. Like I'd fly in on a Wednesday or something in practice um, and do like that sort of thing. And then wow. go back to, uh, go back to school for the, on Sundays. Holy cow. Um, so that was pretty interesting for those four weeks. But it was overall great experience, like to play those academy sides and see how like it's properly done was so cool. Um, but yeah, and then now I'm currently playing for Mystic um in the falls they have a real good club there um they have a great club what they don't have is a great website it's really hard to figure out when to try to go see them (laughs) yeah that yeah follow their instagram page man that's all all the information you need there we go (laughs) so the the wolf fans of course have been huge in boston the boston rugby scene since they were founded in 1989 you mentioned that they sort of snapped you up uh really quick in the under 19s so how did you how did that happen did they reach out to you did you you know how does that kind of thing come about uh so i was playing um in high school i was playing for like a myro team and the coach um of the under 19s greg bruce who's like wolfhounds legend uh was the coach of the myro team and he's like yeah like come to practices and everything blah blah so i (laughs) i would drive my, make my dad drive me um, from Connecticut every Tuesday, Thursday to Belmont, and I'd practice. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'd practice with them. Um, but yeah, no, those still like awesome experience meeting all those guys. Like I still talk to a lot of those guys now and try to keep up and play with them. Um, like, well, it's such it's such a deep organization with so many levels. Like you say, the age groups all the way up to the top. It it must be something to be around that environment. No, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, when we were in high school, like we didn't really intermingle a lot with the like the older boys. Um, like they were usually doing seven stuff, so they were kind of off at mm. that point. Um, and we also practiced at different spots, but on game, like we all went to the same tournaments and everything. So like it was cool to see those guys and like interact with them and learn from them and stuff. So it was all it was all cool. That's awesome. So does your, did your dad have any interest in rugby or he was just like, okay, I got to take the boy to the damn game again. Uh, uh, yeah. I just started playing rugby because um, everyone else that I kind of knew wanted to try to get into it. And um, my dad's a huge, we're all huge football people mm. um, and I could never run the ball, but then they sold me on, I could run the ball no matter what. 
I was like, I'm in. And that's <laughs> really got me. <laughs> uh, so I, I always like to do a little bit of half-assed research before I talk to somebody. And uh, one of the things I spotted, I think you mentioned already, you, that you went to Bishop Hendrickson in Rhode Island. The it's the only all boys school in what uh, I lived in Providence for several years. Uh, the the biggest little state in the union, I think they call it there. Um, was that a, a you saying, hey, this is a great opportunity for me, or was that your parents saying you're getting out of the house, we're sending you here? Oh, uh, no, I think well, for I was always huge in uh, ice hockey, um, playing football. Uh, just grew up. Well, my family was originally right from the right on the border of Rhode Island and Massachusetts. We're in Connecticut though. Um, so it's actually easy to get to either or. Um, and I just wanted to keep on trying to compete in hockey mm. uh, really. And that's why I really ended up ultimately going to Hendrickson. Um, and a couple of the guys I was playing with and were already going there as well. Um, but yeah, it was one of the, one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I was going there. Cause like, so much I got to branch out I have all these new like connections now from there got to learn how to play rugby like still playing today um like even though it was 45 minutes away like I was it was awesome it really was was an awesome experience it's amazing yeah it's a it's a storied school I think their athletics is is renowned in the area as well um so uh, I think you already mentioned that you went to St. Bonaventure and I see that they just won the national collegiate championship just this past December. Were you following that? Were you able to see any of those games? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm a big supporter, man. Always got to be about it. Um, yeah, no, good on them. Uh, I didn't end up going to Houston. Uh, kind of wish I did, but a group of us uh, met up around here and just like watched the game. No, it was awesome. It's so rewarding. Like when I was there, we'd get pumped by Penn State and Army. And all those schools, like, by 50, 60 points. Uh, and then see them beat them now is, like, such a rewarding feeling. Like, you did something to uh, help contribute to that little bit. Even though yeah, I'm yeah. not even there now. Like, maybe I, like, did a little bit to push the program a little bit farther. So, yeah, it's definitely a huge reward and good, just a good feeling for me. Uh, I think that's perfectly fair to say. Their, um, their Facebook page seems to thank you quite often, and it seems like they – they, they feel some sort of, you know, debt to you in, all, in some way. And I think they're also just like, yes, one of our guys made good. He's up there. <laughs> um, in fact, speaking of their Facebook feed, the, the Bonnies also wished you a happy birthday on their Facebook page. This was a couple of years ago. But if they got the date right, it means you were born on Flag Day. Is that right? June 14th? Yeah. Yep. Flag Day. <laughs> So my wife's birthday is also on Flag Day. It's, it makes it easier that there's already a thing marked on the calendar that I don't have to remember. <laughs> exactly what my dad tells me, too. <laughs> so I guess my question is, so you were born on Flag Day. You play for the best red, white, and blue team in the Major League, in Major League Rugby. And your nickname is the Eagles. So the obvious question is, is there anyone out there more American than you? Oh, man. I don't even know. I don't know. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even say. It's probably unanswerable, right? Yeah. So, it, pretty, uh, too many test subjects right now. <laughs> so when were you first called the Eagle? And how did that start? You know, it, I get the impression it's from a ways back. So it probably wasn't just Ollie Engelhart messing around this time. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so when I like, first... Like the gentleman. <laughs> when I first started... Uh, coming to play for the Free Jacks. Um, I was only, I was living with a group of boys um, and I was the only American guy. Oh. And they were, like, were always trying to like have me show them around and stuff. And they always just called me the Eagle, the true American Eagle. Cause I was just, I'm the only guy. And like, I, I was pretty much them. I was the epitome of American people as what they saw like, yeah. growing up in all these other countries, like mullet, <laughs> like talks this weird, accent like all this stuff <laughs> they're all about it oh that's brilliant uh I, i've i've been wondering that for a long time i and i i was like if i'm gonna ask this i might look stupid because it's probably like probably everybody knows this but i don't think so that was not the answer i was expecting yeah no i don't think a lot i don't think a lot of people know it at all to be honest with you they just start <laughs> they just stuck and everyone that's what everyone says now 
I mean, it's such a good name. It's like once you see it, you're like, okay, sure, I'm in. Yep, he, he look, hey, he could be the eagle to me, no problem. Uh, so I also discovered that you you spent some time in New Zealand playing for Sumner RFC in Christchurch. When, when was that exactly? Um, that was the summer of 2019. And can you talk about that experience? It must be yeah. much different than your other experiences, especially here. Yeah. Um, so me and um, Quentin Newcomer, who's on the Free Jacks too, and this other guy, Eric Thompson, who's a former Free Jack player, um, we all, at the end of the Free Jack season, went on a three-month trip to Christchurch. Um, it took us <laughs> – takes it, when you go to New Zealand, you lose a day. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the – the jet lag's pretty pretty intense when you get there, but you get it back when you come back, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we actually ended up playing for uh, Scott Robinson's club. Oh, so that was really really cool. We got to meet him and everything. Um, and the Sumner club that Sumner is like uh where all the it's kind of like a t- summer resorty type of uh, area oh. around the beach and everything. Um, and a lot of guys that are from England or come back from injury usually go to Sumner and play. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it was really cool. Like we got to meet a bunch of, a bunch of guys. Like we met someone from, um, was in the Bristol Bears for a little bit. Uh, someone that's playing in the Jersey Reds now. I think, uh, was, uh, Nathan Earl there or Nathan Hughes? I feel like it was. Anyway, anyway. Maybe not. Maybe not. And then like um Kwasa Wakanabo, he played there um while he was in New Zealand. So yeah, it was no, it was an awesome experience. Seeing the country was unreal. Um the rugby is so it's so much like so much culture there. It's like everyone has like there's probably I don't even forgot how many people live in Christchurch, but it's not a lot of people. And they have sixteen rugby clubs in in Christchurch wow, wow. alone. And then, like, compared to Boston, Boston's probably, like, three or four times bigger than that. And we have maybe, like, three or four men's clubs, five or six women's clubs. But they have – when Crushers, they have 15 men's and women's clubs, all huge facilities, everything. Everyone comes out on Saturday to watch the watch everybody play. Like, the whole town pretty much comes and watches the guys play. It's like a whole day event. It's It was unreal. It looks to me like the, the Wolfhounds where they have all these different levels too. They have age groups and they have boys and girls and like, it looks like a massive community thing there. Yeah. yeah. So like uh, when we were there, we started, they probably started playing at like 10 o'clock with the, the little guys. And then the, uh, by like two or three, the, they'd have like the top side uh, be playing and then you'd be done by then get a, get like a feed and everything um and then usually go watch like the super rugby game like there's like that little oh, window wow. and then that was that and then yeah trying to marry away so how much different you know was it was it a shock when you started playing there was the style so much different that you were like wow this is a different game or was it like oh yeah okay rugby is rugby uh yeah it's more for me it was more like the like I'm always when I was used to in college and growing starting the free jacks like we always got six of the pattern six of the pattern um whereas when we went to Zillan, it was like the pattern it's just there so like if you need it kind of thing whereas wow. you just need to go and play rugby what's see what's in front of you and play the game but the pattern is just there to keep you in line and if like something goes wrong and you can't fix it that's what the pattern's there for Wow. Um, yeah, and I think to look at it that way was huge, like made my rugby IQ go up so much exponentially just from thinking about it like that. Um, but yeah, even like, and everyone's there is willing to help you no matter what, like no matter what position you want. If you want to get better, everyone's there to, to help you out. Well, that, the way you describe that sounds almost opposite to the way like England plays right now, for instance. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Uh, which does make me want to do a side question. Do, do you watch other leagues or, you know, for instance, are you going to be watching, are you going to get up early and watch six nations tomorrow? Yeah, I probably will. I watched, I want, we watched uh, them last weekend. Um, big, I'm a big Ireland guy. So that was a good win for us. Uh, who do you got? Who do you got against France? That's going to be an incredible, everyone's saying that's the decider. That's going to tell us who's going to win six nations. 
I mean, I don't think France played all that well against Italy, even though they came yeah. at the end. Um, but Benzemaq was at like fifty percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. I see. Fr- see, France is so. I think France is so good. Yeah, like, they're making a big push for the World Cup, and I could see. I want. I don't win, but I think France is going to pull it out. Where are you on Johnny Sexton? Uh, there's a seems to be a big divide with the between the. He's our captain. He's our best, and he's too old. We gotta, we gotta find somebody new. I'm on the. He's too old. Gotta find somebody new. <laughs> so, so his injury is that a good thing for Ireland, or do you think Carberry might not have enough experience yet to? Well, that's a, my thing. Is like he's been the guy for so long that they haven't had enough people, like enough guys, to come through and to help develop. So, like now, it's kind of like put that like ten jersey kind of at a like low, I don't know, a lower standard than him because he's so good. Um, so I don't, I don't even know where you, where you go until you get somebody to, cause usually when they do put somebody at in at 10, they usually, they usually aren't good. Mm-hmm. Like the game plan goes to hell and everything. And so like, yeah, it is hard to, especially if he still, he still has it. Like he really does. Even though I think he's old and should retire, he still has it. One of the best times. He looked. I thought he looked really good last week, uh, but he just the injury bug seems to just be flying around his head all the time right now. It's, it's tough. He must be. He must be miserable. Is somebody as competitive as he is? This must be hell for him. So, as you probably know, I am a huge fan of the New England Free Jacks. I'm a founding member and a season ticket holder. And this season, so far, we are undefeated. Should we just cancel the rest of the schedule and just award you guys the MLR Shield now? One hundred percent. Give it to us, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling F- uh, Phil from the uh, Jacks Rangers show that we should call it the Mag Shield, just because Mags is awesome. The uh, the Free Jacks breaking news yesterday was Dougie Fife, of course, getting a three week ban for a play that nobody saw. Do you think this is the nefarious behind the scenes shenanigans typical of the team from New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, what a question! Oh, it could be. It could be. All, Seems the people, like that, right? um, all the people, all our fans harassing them on social media. They're, they're sick of it. They're uh, now they're just behind the scenes playing their old games. Yep. It's got to be them. It's always it's got right? to be them. I know it. <laughs> they won't tell us the truth about where they're playing in the first place. But how can we trust them? So, in, in all seriousness, no, though, it does seem like, you know, you guys have a new facility, there's new coaches, new staff obviously a much nicer stadium to sort of permanently call home. There's just been a lot of positive changes for the free Jacks. How has your experience been this year? Does it feel very different from before? Oh yeah. It's been, it's been so much like the step up has been amazing. Like we have our own, own facility, own gym. Uh, we have two, co- two full-time coaches now. Um, like we have a bigger training squad. So there's more competition. There's more learning going around to everybody um so all in all i think like it's just been an unreal experience um and yeah i think that's why you're seeing us make such a big push even though we only have one game i think we looked really really solid um and i think we're continu- going to continue to just build on it for me that that first match and like you say it's just it's a tiny sample size but ferocity was the word that came to my mind like just the the intensity with which you came out especially on defense it was like even before you thought about what we're doing on attack, it was just you're, you guys are not going to be able to do anything to attack us. It looked like you were, you know, at 150% to their full. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think our defense is bar none. Like everyone just has to get up. Like we all have a huge mentality going into practice. And we talk about, uh, we call it the raid. Like we're going to a bank and we're going to go raid. <laughs> and yeah, that's our, uh, that's our motto. So everyone, it, everyone just yells raid and we get off the line. Um, yeah, I think that just buys into how like everyone has to buy in, and I think everyone has, and um, just to buy in on our on us and worry about us, and we can control how fast we come off the line. We can't mm. control if they beat us or not, but if we just buy into just flying off the line, good things will come to us. So that's been a huge, huge help for us. 
I feel like uh, even you, you, it's hard to tell in the broadcast sometimes. Um, sometimes they, the mics don't pick up all the chit chat and all, all the, the shouting that's going on sometimes even. I feel like there's more of that this year. Does it feel like a more vocal side? Yeah, 100%. I think, uh, I think a lot more guys are just like getting involved um, and not even like people that are leaders, just one to 40. Like everyone is trying to help out and make the team better pretty much so I'm, I'm given to understand that training in particular has really stepped up this year is that true um is that you know is that part of Ewan and his influence is it um just a new attitude is it the facility um it, it sounds like training is just a lot harder this year uh yeah I think I think uh we have more I think the big thing is we have more numbers mm. so I think uh Scott and Mike can just push us a lot harder and uh, not worry, not worry about it. <laughs> if you get hurt, we got another guy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, I think it's that, and just I think Scott brings like that. You see that that South African type of rugby. It's a little more physical and brutal, and I think that's what's really bringing mm. our bringing our game up. And Mike, Mike loves the he loves the physicality too. So it's been it's been good. Uh, so I, I, it's funny that you say that. That's a great segue. I was going to say, uh, Coach Matthew, he obviously brings a different perspective than previous coaches. You know, can you talk a little bit more about what's different in terms of his overall style or approach to you as players and just his strategy, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, so like Scott, like kind of brings in this, uh, he calls it the death by a thousand cuts method. Oh, um, so I love it's this. like, it's just so slow, methodical, we just keep ball phase play and we'll just break teams down no matter like it could be 10 rucks or it could be a hundred, but if we, we'll just keep, keep grinding, I keep grinding at it. Um, whereas I think last year when we had like Mardo and stuff, he was more of uh, off a set piece and stuff like that. We're just going to run these plays and like, that's what's going to propel us through. Um, and that it will, it did last year. Um, but yeah, I think you just see those like two different types of, countries though like the South Africans are like like I was saying like physical more want to be more ball dominant um and then you have like the New Zealand side of it it's just like they want to be moving the ball around the field making you run and like you could see those two different um like blends that they had and it's really really cool to see how each one is different that's awesome it's funny too lots of clubs talk about oh well we want to be the fittest guys out there everybody obviously wants to be the fittest guy out there but and there's obviously a thing to that if you can if you can just keep hammering away for 60 minutes that final 20 is really the test for for the other side when if they can keep up and keep from being completely winded and just just out of it but I feel like in the last couple of years there's been a sort of a revolution Eddie Jones calls it you know they're not replacements uh you know he's invented a new word for the people coming off the bench and stuff and and obviously Rassi Erasmus uses his bench in a very strategic way brings them on a little earlier sometimes has that changed at all for you Do, um is it possible to run a, a team off the pitch by just being fitter than them or they can they just bring in the next wave man um I also think so like the big thing there I think is when you know how to use your guys like you you can't control the other team like you you have to know when to use your guys in the right right time but you have to like i think the other thing is too like the guy that comes in for the props like 16 he has to be as fit as number one like no questions or bring something like a special like he has to be either like a beast scrummager or something like that but like at the end of the day like there's not not many guys that are like that like good at well not good at scrummaging but like that good at um like being that dominant every mm. single time so just everyone has to be a fit fittest as possible pretty much and I think um it leading into sorry <laughs> oh I had a niche um <laughs> but yeah uh just Teams just need to, everyone needs to be fit pretty much. And I, I think when you use your subs at, at the right time, pretty much, is when you see good results. Like if you keep guys on for five minutes too long, 
like you're gonna see the the break and then by that time if they already put their finishers on and you're still waiting to put your finishers on I think they'll win they'll end up winning that little advantage because you guys are they're gonna be on that little part where you're a little winded um so mm. I think yeah, big thing of you have to use your you got to know when to use your guys at the right time so especially when you watch well if you watch the All Blacks, it, it seems to be their, one of their hallmarks, but New Zealand rugby in general, there's a lot of concentration on that. Like this team always seems to score with five minutes left in the first half. And then they score again within the first five minutes of the second half. And that's just sort of demoralizing. Is there something to something to that? And is that something you guys talk about? Is it, you know, is it a strategy or is it something that just happens? Oh uh, yeah. I don't, I, we don't, we really just try to focus on, um, Whenever we're in our kill zone, trying to just keep to our goals, like we try to, then we try to execute through through in our kill zone or in their twenty-two. We try to get like two or three tries, like a game at least, and then anything else we're converting for points. So I think like when we talk about like that, <clears throat> that's huge. Um, but yeah, we always just want to keep playing though, too. Like at the end of the day, like if we had to play for 45 minutes, we, we will, because we want to just punish the other team and demoralize them. So I think that's a huge, huge, uh, upside. So that leads me to a great question. So you use the word demoralize and, um, it, it, there's a, there's a rugby podcast, the egg chasers or Jonathan Beardmore always talks about his mantra is sort of. Rugby is a game about bullying. You're actually out there bullying people and like that's how you get over them and that's how you end up winning. Um, and the, the example I'm going to use is um, if you're a football fan, I'm sure you were watching the Patriots against the Bills uh, earlier this year in Orchard Park when we attempted three passes, which is probably like 10 less than a <laughs> rugby match, maybe 30 or 40 less than a rugby match. Attempted three, made two, and beat the crap out of them and won. And it became, you know, by the second half, it was like they know what's coming, but they can't stop it. Is there an element of that in rugby? Like if you notice, for instance, you have one line out call and they just can't defend it, is it advantageous to keep calling that over and over where they feel like, ah, we know this is coming, but we can't stop it? Do you, do you work on the psychological side like that? Yeah, I think that's a huge – comes huge into, like, malls and scrums. Like, if a team knows they can't stop your mall, it's such a demoralizing thing. Like, you you don't know what to do. Like, yeah, what do we – what like, what do we do next time? And then the same in scrums, too. Like, even though every – you just have to – if you're getting screwed in one scrum or mall, like, you just have to kind of be at peace with it and go to the next one. Like, got to get ready for the next one kind of thing. Um but yeah, I think it's huge demoralizing when it comes to malls and scrums. If if you know a team isn't going to be able to stop yours, and it's a good, it's a great asset for you too. Like you can't, like you're kind of come away with points. Then like it's going to propel you to get more points in the game as well. So if you can use those, like it is literally bullying them. If you can bully the other team at mall time and scrums, you're going to be really successful during the whole entire game. Mm. Uh, what has your, been your biggest surprise this year? Has something been like, huh, I didn't think this was going to be this way. It was never like this before. I, I'm getting, you know, it doesn't have to be a good thing, but that's kind of what I was thinking of is that, you know, is there something that just made you go, wow, I, I just didn't think things were going to be like this this year. Biggest surprise. Um, my biggest surprise probably just like how nice, like all the facilities are and everything. Mm. It's been a huge, like, for the forge was nice but this is just like so much better or so much more of an upgrade and it just feels like from year one to now we're actually been moving in such the right direction we feel like a proper professional club now mm. um, and yeah it's been that's probably the biggest surprise like it's just been all of this like from year one till now it's finally paid off like we actually have the stuff that we do we need to perform pretty much mm. And it's, it's been, yeah, it's been awesome. It felt like a real awakening for, like, as, as fans, I feel, I mean, I can't speak for every single person, obviously, but uh, when you were at the at the old place, it was kind of like, okay, 
you know, we're sitting on these sort of makeshift bleachers and this and that, but, but it was like, that's fine. We, you know, we're here to support these guys. So that doesn't matter. Having that last game of the year at Veterans Memorial was such a big difference. It just, as a fan, it felt like, oh, we're, we're here now. Does that feeling translate to the players? I think so, 100%. And I think guys want to put in more work and everything if they know that, uh, like, management and the, the club has their back. So I think it's – and the fans, too. So I think it's a huge, huge, huge thing for us. It's a nice place, too. I, I wish there was a way that they could have the – because they use the field for so many different things, like it is overpainted with lines. And uh, I think especially for sort of new fans, that might be a little more confusing, like, that was out, that wasn't out, well, you know. I wish there was something they could do about that, but the facility is great. Yeah, uh, they are trying to paint. They are trying to use paint. I don't know how how likely it's going to work, but that's the rumor that the paint is going to work. So, oh, oh, I love it! I can't wait. It's only uh, it's four weeks from tomorrow as we're talking right now. I can't believe it. Yeah, March March twelfth. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite thing about being a free jack? My favorite thing. Ooh. Uh, I mean, my favorite thing is like I'm the enormous well, million dollar paycheck. <laughs> uh, totally. <laughs> That's <laughs> why you still go to work in Grafton every yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think my biggest thing is I grew up playing rugby here. Like I'm from around the area. Uh, so I think the coolest thing is just being able to play for my home club and doing something that like I love to do so it doesn't even feel like a job uh, and I don't really take it for granted like how many people would love to be in my my shoes and have my opportunity mm. so be that's pretty pretty much it like just being here to be honest and taking it all in and trying to be like the for the local guys you know so in your day-to-day experience as a free jack when you're going to training every day do you feel like Every day, I don't want to say grind in a bad way, like not like, okay, got to go to work, but like just, to, okay, I'm going to keep working on the same things, got to keep working. Or is it more like a massive learning experience every day? Uh, I say it's a little bit of both, but I, I also enjoy doing all the, all the stuff that we have to do. Like I love lifting. Um, and the, the biggest thing is too, like now that we're everything so much closer, like we were driving – at one point, we were driving from Newton to Weymouth, which was 45 minutes. Now we're driving from Quincy to, to Weymouth, which is only 15 minutes. So I think everything just comes along a lot nicer. Um, and there are some days where, yeah, it is a lot more learning-based, but there's other days where it is – it's not even – to me, it doesn't even feel like a grind. There are days there it does kind of edge on. Like if you're playing like six or seven weeks in a row, yeah, you're probably going to hit a wall like that. But that's just – how it is um but i think for the most part it is more of like a learning type of thing and just trying to get better every day so you've mentioned earlier that this is you guys are on a a super early bye week um is that something that you've talked about with the coaches like okay because of this early bye week we're gonna have this very Mm -hmm. long stretch we got to be prepared Uh, is is coach matthew already sort of talking to you about that and getting you mentally prepared uh, I don't think we haven't really talked about that yet because we when we started we we're gonna say our preseason is gonna go all the way to the bye week so we right. still have been doing our preseason so I think on Monday or well we start we have practice on Sunday so I think on Sunday we'll we'll have a a real chat about that. Mm. I mean, is that something that you think about or are you just kind of keeping on keeping on? Uh. Nah, just keep it off. Really, <laughs> that's all you gotta do. It can't can't get big picture week by week. There's a great Simpsons episode where uh, Homer's sitting there watching football and they're describing a game that just happened, and, and they say, "And now the players must survive a harrowing bye week." <laughs> and it shows the guys wearing swim trunks, flipping burgers. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, so the last question was, what's your favorite thing about bringing a free jack? And the opposite side of that coin, though, obviously, is what has been your biggest challenge as a player for the New England Free Jacks? What, what has been the most difficult for you to sort of overcome or just, I don't know, get good at? Um, yeah, um, 
So I think my big adversities, like starting out, was uh, probably making the commute. Like I was commuting from home when I oh, first started playing. Okay. Um, so like the, the hour long drive. Yeah, um, that was a huge part of it. Um, and then probably just like the learning curve, like learning how to properly scrummage. Like a lot of these guys come from like they're coming from overseas. Like they play at a high environment over there as well, so like they know what mm -hmm. they're doing. Uh, whereas I'm just coming right out of college, it's huge, huge learning gap and huge like gap in general. Um, I think that's probably been my biggest thing I've overcome. Um, it's just like learning those little tools and when to use them um, and things like that. So fans like me who aren't there, obviously at the training, we're, we're not there every day. We don't see what goes in in the training room and what happens on the field during those sessions and stuff. So the fan perspective is always going to be different than the internal perspective. So, you know, people like me were like, oh, look at Bowden Waka. He's, he's just so damn good. And anyone, who, if you had never seen rugby before, you could watch a Free Jacks game and go, oh, that guy's good. Same with Dougie. Um, give me a couple of players who fans might not be aware just how good they are. Oh, Besides yourself, obviously. Although we're, we're very aware. <laughs> um. I'd probably have to set oh, the wheelbarrow, Harry Barlow, yeah. there. Um, big Eric, Eric Diager, he'd probably be up there. And and uh, Pete as well. Pete puts in a lot. To, so, um, what, what do those guys bring that is probably harder for somebody like me to, to see? Is, uh, it, is it in training or is it on the pitch or is it both? Or, you know, I think it's a lot of like experience. Um, that's probably the biggest one, mm. but like, just like their, the learnings that they bring to the guys too. That's a huge, huge part of it. Um, and just like the way they approach the game in general and how they know when to run, where to run, um, what line to run, like those things of that nature. I think mm. they do do well. Is there somebody who has surprised you either, uh, in the weight room or just maybe with just uh, his leadership skills that you just sort of didn't expect to come out of nowhere? Um, Someone I didn't, so, uh, I mean, I've been playing with Cam Woodwitz, but he's burst on the scene now, but I knew he was that good. Mm. So I'm happy he got like a actual opportunity and did really well. Um, but I, I knew he should have been there in the beginning, so. So recently I, I made a stupid meme about, uh, it was like holding yogurt, holding yogurt. <laughs> and of course I thought that was pretty funny. And my question is, if I ever meet Holden, is he going to kill me? No, he, no he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. I mean, he's the, he's Cali, Cali boy, chill vibes, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he showed up at Mystic. Uh, I, uh, my understanding is he just kind of showed up at Mystic and was like, hey, can I play you guys? Yeah, that's pretty much showed up the first day of training. So I like, yeah, I'm here to play. Already moved down. And I was like, all right, sweet. So to me, the, this current season of the MLR that's just started, uh, it's going to be the best one yet. It's, it, and then it's not just, you know, fan-colored glasses saying, oh, it's so great. It does seem like things have stepped up. The fact that it's year five, there's some actual history. There's some rivalries. Um is what are you most looking forward to this year? Ooh, um, is there a match you have circled on your calendar right now? Forward to, um, I mean, I can't wait to play the first game at Quincy. That should be mm. very, very, very exciting. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I'd probably trying to think who we who we play now. I mean, I think our big rival, rivals are probably uh, Rooney, Nola, and ATL. So anytime you got to play any of those guys, you got to you got to bring it. Um, well, Nola was the only team that beat you guys twice last year, and you've kind of taken that back in what was going to be a you know quote unquote preseason game. So uh, I feel like that you must be feeling good about that. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's everyone's feeling good, um, but I think we we understand we got a lot to work on. Um, and everyone just, everyone pretty much is ready to just humble up. We're not really not as good as uh, 
as we think we are, and I don't think we're as bad as we think we are either. So I think it's going to work out for us. Who do you think is the toughest opposition on your schedule this year? You, do, do you have a trip to L.A.? Uh, you go to San Diego next week, is it? Um, but we go, the the, week, no. we go to we go to D.C. this weekend. Or, oh, right, right. And, and then it's San Diego for a nice. Oh, that's going to be great. <laughs> we're going to get an, we're going to get an ice storm here. I guarantee it while you're in San Diego being like, well, ah. it's supposed to snow again on Sunday. I know. And then freeze. I had a I had a chat. Coach Matthew was nice enough to come on and talk with me as well. And I was like, by the way, when your family gets here, they're going to ask you questions that sound like, why do you hate us? What have you done to us? Why are we here? <laughs> yeah, but it's getting nice. It gets nice out. Don't worry. That's true. <laughs> so every time I get a chance to talk with actual players, I always want to ask, Who's the biggest goof on the team? Who's the biggest prankster? Because I know a lot of that goes on. Biggest prankster? Oh man, um, probably walks. But everyone, else, but everyone's just out here. When we're in our downtime, everyone's out here cracking laugh or we're playing ping pong, um, doing something like team oriented, and everyone's just having a good laugh. So, pretty much collectively, every everybody. But I think walks is probably the the main culprit. Is he? Wow. Huh. He seems like a serious dude on the outside. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've only really got one more question for you. Um, so I mentioned before uh, that, I, you know, I'm friends with Phil from the Jack's Rangers podcast. I know he's doing a, a charity fundraiser. And if he reaches his goal, he's going to shave off his mullet. And I believe he's implied that you're going to be getting in on that as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I talked to Phil last week. I said, oh, five, he has to raise five grand now. And I told him he can, if he raises five grand for, what is it, youth, it's youth rugby in Massachusetts. Yep. I told him he can, he can shave my, my mullet himself. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I got to admit, I like that he calls it a Carolina waterfall. That was one of the funniest <laughs> things I heard. <laughs> um, Kyle. How are you feeling about your your own position? Do you feel like uh, you're going to be kicking some butt next week? You're going to be all rested up and uh, ready to bring some super aggro? Yeah, yeah. Um, ready to do whatever the coaches ask me to. Um, it's been a competitive first couple of weeks, so just waiting for my opportunity whenever I get it. And, uh, yeah, whoever gets picked to go, boys are going to be ready to – we owe DC because yeah, we lost in that preseason game. So we owe them a good one. Yeah. And, and everyone will be revving to go. Uh, I've, I've run out of questions on my list. I, I feel like you're just so much fun. I want to keep talking, but I'm, I've literally run out of my script. Uh, give me anything else that you're, you know, you're thinking about that, uh, anything that's going on with you or that you're thinking about this year or that has been an unexpected sort of bit of fun that you've had with the Free Jacks this year? Um, it's been, I don't know, it's just been exciting meeting all the new guys, mm. um, seeing everyone, all the leadership and everything that, that they bring in. Um, excited. To, I was excited to learn from everybody, always taking that information. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to play another, another season of MLR. Well, We've we've retained a lot of guys this year, and like you say, we've also brought in a bunch of new ones. Um, Connor Kindergarten was one of my favorite players as a, as a fan, and he's not there now. Um, is there somebody that you particularly miss who's not there this year? Um, just as like a person off the field. Yeah. The uh, big P Pawasa. Yeah. Good guy. <laughs> he seems like something special. It was funny. I've, I've told the story before um, at one of the games in Weymouth. I, I showed up and I'm a little early and I'm just walking around checking stuff out. And there's Connor Kindergarten and he's the camera guy because he, I think he was still nursing an injury. So they have him up there with a camera in the stands and everything. And I felt like this is a microcosm of this team's attitude. Like it's all hands on deck. We're a, a grassroots organization. Everybody has to contribute whatever you, you just said. I'm the, here to do whatever the coaches say. Is that the general feeling with the Free Jacks? It's always just, you know, what I got to do, I got to do. 
yeah, I think I think it's a big uh, like approach that everyone everyone on the team has. Like we have to just all buy in to whatever we need to do to help the team win, uh, and what is asked of us pretty much. Because if no one, if one person says no and tries to do their own thing, it's like we're not going to win. So everyone just has to buy in and do what is required, so that at the end of the day, we'll all be, we'll all go and be. It'll be a positive result at the end of the day. A lot of us are hoping, um, you know, there was coaching turnover for the last for the first few years and stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of Coach Maffey. I think he's doing great things. It seems like that's the feedback I'm getting from the players too. Um, are you also hoping that Coach sticks around for a while? Yeah, I hope so. He's a great guy. Um, he's a good leader, someone you really want to play for. So, yeah, hopefully he sticks around for however long we need, however long he wants to stay for, man. <laughs> well, his baby's here now, so once it freezes over on Sunday, he'll be trapped. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, thank you so much for spending your time with me. I've taken almost an hour of your time on a Friday night. That is just so... Uh, so generous of you. I really appreciate it. I know Phil is going to be, he's been posting memes about how sad he is. There's no free Jacks game this weekend. So at least he'll have something to some free Jacks content to, to deal with. And uh, I, I just really appreciate it. It, it. I've been a big fan of yours for several years now, and it's amazing to talk to you in person. And my son is going to be so amazed that I got to talk to the Eagle. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, really appreciate it for having me on. Uh, it's been an awesome time. Um, Hope you all the best with your podcast. I'll definitely keep listening. Um, let's go Free Jacks. Love it. Let's go Free Jacks. Have a great season, my friend. I will catch up with you soon. Uh, maybe after you win the Shield, you'll come back on and tell me all about it. All right, perfect. Cheers, my friend. Thanks. Yeah. Talk yeah, to no you soon. Problem. And be well. All right, you too. friends that does it for this bonus episode i am so psyched that was so much fun thank you so much for listening thank you for reaching out it's always great to hear from you i feel particularly happy about having a chance to chat with the eagle himself this week it was amazing as always if you'd like to get in touch just use twitter i'm at of scrum you can find me at the scrum of the earth podcast on instagram you can always just send me an email via the scrum of the earth at gmail.com if you can bring yourself to drop me a nice review that would be smashing please do so And if you like what we're doing here, there is at least one way you can show your support listed in the show notes for this episode. Thank you all for coming along all over the globe. Cheers. Talk to you soon. And be well.